0: Today's show is brought to you by the new middle-grade novel The Terrible Two Get Worse, the hilarious sequel to The Terrible Two, which spent over 10 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. ¶¶
1: Hello, and welcome to Spawned, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hi, I'm Kristen Chase. I'm Liz Gumbener, and we're the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. On today's episode of
0: Spawn, oh yes, we're going there. Oh yeah. We're going to talk about how you speak to your kids
1: about politics in a very volatile election year. We're going to talk about how do you address the violent rhetoric from candidates this year how do you deal with a divided household and how do you talk to your kids about disagreeing kindly and responsibly and of course we'll close out our show with each of our own cool picks of the week so we've we've put this off for a while i have yes, to say we've, we have we really wanted to address this somehow and i feel like it's kind of all hitting a critical mass right now and we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the topic that we are talking about you know, ourselves so much to each other. It's
0: completely unavoidable. And you know, we both have school-aged children. My youngest is in preschool, and I don't think they're talking about it there. But everyone else is being exposed to politics, no matter how little news we watch at home, no yeah. matter how much I really try not to talk too much about it. They're getting it. And so as parents, we've got to address it.
1: I have the same issue. I have a third grader and a fifth grader. And even though we don't really watch network news or certainly not, like, in the family room with the kids, it amazed me how much information they were coming home with and all these, like, Donald Trump memes and, like, funny GIFs. And I don't know, my daughter has, like, this whole collection <laughs> of them, like, orange is the new black over his face. I'm like, where are you getting these? So, I, you know, it, I always think about that chapter in Nurture Shock about colorblindness. <laughs> Speaking of orange, <laughs> I keep saying we're just not progressive enough to vote for an orange president yet. Um. So there's a chapter in Nurture Shock about colorblindness and how it used to be kind of the right thing to say that I'm colorblind. I don't see race. So I don't talk to my kids about it. Ah, Um, it makes me crazy. I know. (laughs) Well, you know, I didn't know. And I really came to a heightened understanding from my readers, from parenting, from talking to friends of color, that the only people that say that are people that have the privilege not to have to discuss it every day. Absolutely. And I think it's kind of the same thing with this election. I think a lot of us would like to not have to talk to our kids about it. But considering how vile some of the rhetoric has been, so antagonistic, so hateful, Mm -hmm. and how much it's affecting us, our families, our kids, their friends, I think to not talk about it would be, first of all, doing them a disservice. Because they're going to hear about it from somewhere, yeah, right, absolutely, but also, I think if you can afford not to talk about it, then you're probably not in some uh minority population of some sort, whether <laughs> that means a woman you're Jewish, you're Muslim, you're like anybody that's been under attack at all in this election. Yeah, table. and you know what's interesting specifically about this election
0: is that really the the attacks are being aimed at people. We had talked about this, that there's something to be said about attacking someone's idea. Yes. You know, and I disagree with you on this topic and this topic or this decision and this decision, but in this election, there have been so many attacks and I'm not even just talking between parties. I'm talking within parties as I well. I know.
1: Well, just as a Point of reference for our listeners, I would say the size of Trump's hands, not an idea. <laughs> not something that needs to be debated when it comes to electing our next president and leader of the free world and commander in chief of the U.S. military. Not really that important in the scheme of. Yeah.
0: No. And look, we're both biased in terms of that we're Democrats. And so, you know, we just want to put that out there for our listeners up front. Um, It's not. I
1: have voted for a Republican before I voted for Michael Bloomberg. Oh, look at you. So it's not like only one party line or that Democrats have an ownership on, you know, all good things. I just think that for my lifetime, for the most part, that's who's represented my values best. And I think, you know, we tend to be progressive in terms of. Values and social issues. And I think anyone who reads our site knows that we support issues that affect women and families and um, same sex parents and a lot of the issues that I think are supported by the Democratic candidates. Absolutely. So that's where we stand. But even so, we really try to have an intellectually honest and fair conversation about who's saying what and how it's coming across and trying to do it, especially, you know, once you have kids, like we really have more of an obligation to be thoughtful about how we discuss it like you said yes. your kids are picking stuff up and I know that if I'm like Donald Trump and okay we'll say right off the bat we don't like Donald Trump And <laughs> well, actually I, I was gonna say you just <laughs> quoted me because that's
0: basically what I say in my house
1: Donald Trump <laughs> right so you know our kids are gonna parrot that back and so that means we have to be careful how you know we talk about it so anyway the first thing I did was I looked at um, there was just an article in Time Magazine they interviewed Lynn Vavrick who's a professor of political science and communications at UCLA, and she kind of broke it down by age. Oh, and, that's helpful. I'm glad. Yeah. See, I'm, this is great because I, I need this stuff, too. Yeah, it's really good. And, and so her first thing she said is when it starts with elementary kids, and I would actually say with all kids, if you don't know where to start, the first thing is ask kids what they know. Like with sex, like with any topic we're scared to talk about, like, let them be your guide. Oh, that's good. All
0: right. So you say,
1: hey, what do you know about this candidate or this topic? Yeah. And and so I've done that. And my eight-year-old says, well, I hear that Trump wants all people with brown skin to have to leave the country. And she's hearing that because we live in a diverse school where kids go to school with head scars, or they have all different religions or they're from different countries or their parents are expats. And so, um, you know, they're going to hear this stuff because it's affecting them directly. So that allowed us to talk about that because I could ask her what she knew and figure out what was the information, what was the misinformation and how that to talk about it. That makes a lot of sense. Then this... Uh, poli sci professor says with middle school kids that's when parents can start having conversations with kids about political identity more specifically and I'm honestly I'm finding that even with my third and fifth graders I mean I think it depends you know how about you like are, do you oh, know definitely ready to talk about that well and you know again like they're getting so much at school mm-hmm. um which
0: you know for me I, I find that to be a positive because hey maybe we have really politically active parents in our neighborhood yeah and so kids are coming to school and talking about it so so, you know, I-, I like that. The one thing for me is that it really challenges me to be m- up on what they believe in.
1: <laughs> yeah, well. I need to know what I'm talking about when they ask me the questions. Well, our kids really make us all the time have to learn more, right? Like, why is the sky blue? I'm like, oh. I'll be right back. And I, like, run <laughs> and I go to Google, right? So, so you know, with middle school kids and even, I would say, slightly younger kids like ours, you know, tweens, that it, it's good to talk about political identity and specifically why family members consider themselves part of one party or another. And it's something are to do with religion. Look, I think it's something that a lot of families do with sports affiliations. So, <laughs> you know, so true. people are like, we are a Red Sox family and that's how it is. And never bring that Yankees stuff in here again, right? And But somehow we, as parents, often and feel like, well, we shouldn't impose our religious views on our kids or we should indoctrinate them into politics. And I think, but nobody has any problem with, like, football agencies. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's so true. If it only were as
0: easy as the football allegiance, though, Liz. I, I don't like know. In our family, that,
1: that's sometimes more complicated than the politics.
0: You wow. know, at
1: Thanksgiving, they say, like, don't talk about politics or religion. For us, it's like, just don't talk about football. Don't talk about <laughs> football. And Now, what do they say about high school kids? So with high school kids, obviously, they're almost ready to vote, right? So that's where you want to get into more detail. And the goal is to keep kids engaged with both the political process and in conversation. And that's where I think kids are going to start to come to their own views, too. I mean, I've seen a lot of um, parents I know, and we've had discussions on Facebook where we might be supporting one Democratic candidate and our kids are supporting another. Right, right. Or our exes are supporting another, our spouses are supporting another. And so I think that's where um, you know, kids are going to start to come to their own opinions. And I think it's awesome as parents. You know, one of the, my favorite things I've seen, there's a woman I know who's a really strong Hillary Clinton supporter. She's campaigning. She's canvassing. And her son, who's 17, has decided he is a huge Bernie Sanders fan. <laughs> like and, all other millennials yeah, in the there world, you go. it seems like it. Well, all white millennials. <laughs> Good point. So um, so anyway, she encouraged him and thought it was awesome. So she went with him to a rally, and she supported him, and she helped him make signs. And she she boasted about it. She was just so proud that he was engaged and I thought that was like awesome parenting because I think that would be hard for a lot of parents to accept that oh, their kids heck, are Oh that's easy. Production.
0: Now if someone was, uh, if my kids were campaigning for Ted Cruz or uh, Donald Trump it, that would be a whole <laughs> other story. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, this is a big one, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, it's one thing to talk about political beliefs and you know whether fiscal conservative or you know a, a, a social liberal or whatever but we're talking now mm-hmm. about personal attacks about racial slurs and
1: violence. And that is a whole another ball of wax. Well, I think that's the thing is these, you know, memes are appearing over and over in videos. You'd be surprised, parents, if your kids are on any kind of apps, you'd be surprised like what other kids are inserting as photos and avatars and, you know, kids really are exposed to like nothing heinous, but they're seeing stuff that Trump is saying specifically, which is, I, I mean, I think it's und He seems to be the only one who thinks he's not saying anything violent at all. I know. I know. They show him the video and he's like, what? That wasn't even me. That was a <laughs> doppelganger. That was an alternative universe. No, he doesn't have words that big. He has the best words to describe how that wasn't him. So, oh, yeah, so, so the kids are seeing that stuff. And so actually we had this issue at home where my... Kids made some joke about punching Trump. And I was like, no, uh, no, 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 You know, right, I wanted right. to stop that. And, and I'll talk about how even though sometimes people make us so mad that we say things hyperbolically, that we like – I want to punch him or, oh, I want to kill him or I want to strangle that guy, that it's really not the best way to handle it. And that if we don't like the language that they're using, then the worst thing we can do is escalate it by using similar or worse language. So we actually had a whole talk about escalation and how when someone's talking about violence or hate, like how to de-escalate that situation. And we use that as a good teaching example, like how not to get people riled up until they want to punch each other.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing for me is definitely attacking like age. appearance because I try to think about how some of the other candidates have been attacked in that way. And even though I can't stand particular candidates, I am not going to attack them the way that they've been attacked or been attacked. Yes.
1: And I feel the same way, too. Like, I I feel like, look, I I think Hillary Clinton obviously gets attacked for her looks like Nothing else, because she's a woman. And I saw it with Sarah Palin, too. Oh, yeah. Like, it was okay to somehow, like, attack her for what she was wearing or what her glasses were or what her sweater was. And, like, I hated it on both sides. And so I think you're right, especially as mothers of girls, like, that's – they're going to notice that stuff. And I think it's important to call out that it's not okay. And especially when they see, you know, someone who's supposed to be leading political discourse for his party at this point talking about women as bimbos or whores or – You know, how much he slept with them or, you know, he actually said, you know, women, you have to treat them like shit. He said that they're using (laughs) it in a a commercial, (laughs) quoting it back to him. Like, I don't want my kids to see that. So I think that's part of the problem, too, is like, when did. When did we need an MA rating on the televised presidential debates? Like, I want to study it with my kids as a civics lesson, and I'm nervous to show stuff to them without seeing it first because I don't know what they're going to say and if I'm prepared to talk about some of the awfulness.
0: Well, we had SNL on. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Cause it's on Hulu. And could you my- tell the difference? No, that? that's what I was saying. <laughs> my kids were asking whether this was the real thing. Really? They're like, are, is this real, or are they just making jokes? Oh gosh, I know it's awful. Well, we've got a couple of friends at write dot com, and they mm-hmm. really thoughtfully written about this topic. So what did Wendy have to say?
1: Uh, Wendy Aaron's. she's a great writer, and she tends to be a humor writer. You know, she does all those, like, who wore it worse or whatever in the back of Us Weekly. I like, know. She does really funny fashion <laughs> stuff. She's great. But she also happens to write an incredibly thoughtful post going back to January, I believe, how to immunize your kids from the insanity of the election year. And it's really about you know, what we're talking about, that one of the biggest responsibilities of parenting is teaching your children the proper way to behave and get along with others. And she says, unfortunately, the parents of most politicians didn't do a very good job of that. (laughs) (laughs) And how, you know, her kids are 12 and 14 and they're old enough. They are watching the morning shows and reading headlines and understand what's going on with the 24-7 news cycle. And boy, that's a whole other issue to get into. And she's thinking that, like, it's the opposite of all the basic kindergarten lessons kids have learned their entire lives. Share, play fair, listen, be kind, be honest, you know. Um, but she says kids don't pay attention to the boring guy that's being nice on the playground. They pay attention to the mean guy throwing rocks at everyone. Mm,
0: that's and a great so that's point. What's happening.
1: So anyway, it's a nice piece. We'll link to it. I think it's definitely worth a read. It's on alphamom.com. And it ends with, like, this beautiful story about her 14-year-old winning – a student election and he feels like he didn't win it the right way oh really several girls were running for this position and had really studied prepared written great speeches and he kind of went up and was like vote for me i'm a baller woo and like won (laughs) no sexism there in that high school and so but that night he said to her you know what I didn't win the election in the right way. Those girls were upset they lost, and I feel bad about that. And I'm going to tell them that tomorrow. But you know what? I'm going to work as hard as I can to do a good job.
0: That's awesome.
1: And I thought, that's awesome parenting, like that he knew he didn't do the right thing and he's making up for it who knows maybe he'll bring those girls on as his advisors in some <laughs> capacities so they can then <laughs> succeed him next year <laughs> and mir's piece which is also
0: at alphamom.com mir is another great writer and um you know hers also talked a lot about kindness and compassion i see a theme here you know are we in a way trying to kill people with kindness because you know what that old adage it still works well right? you know what
1: it I was just thinking about this on the way here that it's driving me crazy that the word um, empathy or kindness or compassion has been replaced by this like word, this phrase political correctness. Yeah, no, no. Like no, where no. I'm seeing no. people say, like, <laughs> the problem with the word is c- political correctness. And I want to say, replace that word with kindness and see if you would say that in a speech. Problem with this world is kindness. Like that yeah. wouldn't go over that well, right? right so right. I don't, so. Yes, kindness is important. And I think unfortunately someone has reframed the language to a point where it's become this like awful thing to be sympathetic to other people or put yourself in their shoes or try to be considerate or inclusive. Yeah, I just I I don't understand
0: that. And I think what's hard for kids is that you know, they look up to adults and they don't understand that some adults really are making bad decisions and bad choices. And I think that's a hard
1: lesson to learn. Well, especially for younger kids. Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Like, well, not all grown ups know what they're doing. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so what, so did, what did you respond to about Mir's piece? Was there anything in particular that spoke to you?
0: Well, I mean, I think the idea of what she says here um, at the end um, is that she says we talk about kindness. No, I don't need my candidate to squee over fluffy puppies or stop in the street to feed the homeless every time they go out. But I personally find that the older I get, the more I value basic principles of compassion. And I think for me as well, especially because I don't know if I'm necessarily the most informed in terms of, you know, where every candidate stands and and what they believe in. I mean, I know they're basic principles. Right. But I think overall, this idea that they are compassionate, that they believe in human equality, like those are the things the basic basic principles of life that really matter to me.
1: Yeah, I yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, as much as I can be snarky, I've actually tempered that at home. I've tried really hard to be better. At least before the kids get to sleep. <laughs> <Yeah>. At <laughs> night, that, all bets are off. Exactly. We're, like, screaming at the
0: internet and, like, yelling at Twitter. Now, here's a big question that we get, and one that I'm personally dealing with, is, like, how, the, how do you handle a divided household? Because yeah. there are so many families out there, whether they're, you know, still one unit or they're divorced or whatever it is, and... They have very different political I views. Know. I
1: always channel James Carville and Mary <laughs> Madeline. I think, <laughs> how did they do that? How do they do this? And, you know, it's, it's good to remember, my brother works in D.C. He works in politics, it's kind of indirectly. Uh, he is not a politician. <laughs> and, and um, you know, he's, he's talked a lot about how it used to be that everybody was uh, collegial. In Congress that they would fight on the floor and then at the end of the day, they'd all go out for beers together. And that ended. No, that ended with like the Newt Gingrich uh... Yeah. Congress. I believe that's (laughs) when that started. Well, that's when he attributes it. And so, um, you know, it's changed and now it's become this blood sport. Right. And I think that's that's trickled down into our lives, too, that you're that people are like, oh, you're a Democrat. I don't want to talk to you or you're a Republican. You must have no brains. And I can't stand that. And so what I do to my kids is I point out, you know, if they ever say, well, you know, people who support this person are bad, I'll say, well, you're you know, grandmother on this side does, or your aunt does, or this uncle in L.A. does. And they're like, they do? So I think one of the things for me is to talk to them, to humanize. Absolutely. I was just thinking that way. The word. voter. Yep. And to humanize the people that support them. Because it's so easy to marginalize all people who support this person must be stupid. All people who support this person are socialists. All people who support this person don't care about our country. And it's honestly, it's rhetoric. It's terrible. We should not be having these kinds of conversations. And and uh, certainly I don't want my kids to have those kinds of conversations. No. I mean, my kid's dad is is
0: different in his beliefs in terms of politics and so I've talked to my kids about you know just know that when you go over to daddy's house like there are gonna be different kinds of discussions and I I love the point that you have here which is to tell your kids to ask questions and I think that's really important is to try to understand why they believe in certain things. Mm-hmm. Because I do believe that people that are you know, somewhat informed have reasons. They're not just like, well, I liked his hairstyle. Right. Like, maybe there are those people still out there that are like, oh, he's he's a sexy candidate.
1: <laughs> Which I
0: don't know if we have any of those <laughs> well, I think right there's now.
1: Also, I think it's also hard because what happens is people spit out t- talking points. And so, you know, I think a lot of... Look, LeVar Burton was talking about it with yeah. us a couple weeks ago. That's true. That, you know, a more informed literate electorate will elect better leaders and um, you know I think it's good for kids to ask questions and hopefully all parents or all relatives are going to respond to them as thoughtfully as possible but that doesn't always happen you know it's easy to go well this one candidate doesn't support this thing because they don't care about people you know like I've heard people tell stories about their husbands or exes or wives saying stuff like that and then they have to kind of do the damage control So I I think it's tough. Um, I think all we can do is try to make sure there's at least, like, one (laughs) reasonable parent in the family (laughs) who's willing to say, yes, that's one way of looking at it, and here's another way of looking at it. Um, But I, I think it's really important to explain to kids that just because people have different beliefs than you doesn't make them wrong. Maybe their priorities are different. Maybe something about their religion dictates their point of view i i try really hard not to say all people who believe x are stupid um (laughs) even though sometimes i think that is the case because you know what i know smart people in my life who are supporting every single candidate at this point if there's five candidates left i know somebody who i consider smart in my life supporting that candidate and they can explain why it doesn't mean i agree with them right but it means It stops me from saying things like, well, they're all stupid or they're all brainwashed or they all just listen to the mainstream media because it's not true. It's just not true. And I think the more we can have empathy and understanding of what people with different views think, and it doesn't mean we have to
0: agree with them. No, but you know what? This is a life lesson, and I think it's important to point out that yes we're talking about politics and it makes people uncomfortable but these this whole idea that you just brought up of being empathic having compassion being able to respect someone's difference Mm -hmm. and not necessarily then not like them because they're different than you this is something that is essential to I think being an amazing contributing human in this world I agree too. It's not that's why we politics, like each other, <laughs> right? But it's not just politics, and no. so I think you know when because I I, I I don't I, it's easy to get wrapped up in it. And I think when we when we know that we're teaching our kids more than just okay, Democrats, Republicans, we're teaching them about being empathic human beings that really can try to understand someone else's point of view. To me, that is just of huge value.
1: And I I also try to say to them things like you know, the truth is, this relative and I. Are supporting different candidates. But the truth is, we both want similar things for the country. We just disagree on the right way to get there. So I know that's very nuanced, especially for little kids. It's hard, but it's I think really it's hard. really important to say, you know, we have some common ground. And, and so that brings to the next point, which is about how do you talk to people who may disagree? And this is
0: specific for kids, because yeah. I know, you know, my son came home and was telling me, you know, everyone's with you, mom, except for one. And I was like, oh, really? Well, kids see it like a, it's a contest, right? Yeah. i got to
1: convince him, and then we'll all be on the same team. Yeah, we'll all
0: be on the same team. And so, you know, <laughs> I really haven't had to talk too much about what happens when you have friends that disagree. Have you? Have your kids
1: had that you experience? You know what? It just happened because my oh. daughter, I told you about her crazy little email chain with all her friends in fifth grade and that I receive every email that she receives. Now, she had a little incident this week, and oh. so she has not been using email for the week, <laughs> that's to say. Oh. Nothing horrible, but just, you know, that was the privilege she lost. So I've been seeing some of the stuff that came in. And she has one friend who said, oh, you're only supporting this person because you don't understand life. And there was like a thumbs down emoji. So, <laughs> yes, fifth grader. You know what's the sad <laughs> thing that this fifth grader is speaking the same way as the candidates.
0: <laughs> oh, well, that's smarter that's, than a fifth grader. Yeah, that's
1: scary. So So I talked to her about, here's how to address that. And and, what did you say? Well, I told her a few things. I said, the first thing you can say is, I don't want to fight with you about politics. I said to her, the second thing is, you know, at this stage, you guys are all just taking your cues from your parents, right? (laughs) That's good. I said, I don't think they're all like doing research into the nuances of like Bernie versus Hillary's like (laughs) minimum wage plan and how it affects the union negotiation power of different states and that poor child. local economies. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so I said to her, you know, one, don't tell your friends you just don't want to fight with them over politics. To um, understand where they're coming from is probably not. And, and same with my daughter. It's probably, you know, she's formed her opinion, you know, from me to large oh, yeah, degree. Yeah, totally. Um, and then I said to her, then the next thing is find common ground. So one thing you can say is, well, I think we both agree that we don't want Trump in the White House. Oh, because I, I can safely say that every child in Brooklyn is saying <laughs> right now. <laughs> child a few small pockets but you know like we we don't live where i live i mean we're really fortunate like you hear somebody like cruz talking about like we've got to rip off these muslim communities and i'm like what's that, all of brooklyn like we're all so integrated where yeah. we live that yeah. I, I you i know, So I I said to her, listen, find the common ground. And the Mm -hmm. most likely common ground you have is, well, let's agree that we don't want Trump in the White House. And then they can kind of shake hands and go their separate ways.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've really been trying to use any moment that I have when it comes to politics as teaching moments. Mm. Because otherwise, um, I would probably scream. (laughs) So I'm trying to channel my angst and anger about the whole topic into a positive way
1: you know what it's made me I think a better parent it's made me a better debater and I mm. think it's made me like a better commenter and writer on social media like I really don't want to have fights with people and I don't want to have fights with anonymous strangers. and when you know I write a piece on medium and some guy keeps coming back to with like more crazy links to try to refute one thing I said or something I think why are you so invested in changing my mind like go phone bang for your candidate <laughs> do something that's worthwhile so it's I'm trying really hard to just kind of speak rationally not just passionately but you know I don't know I'm old <laughs> I've seen enough elections to know that like the primary season is ugly we have short-term memories after the primary season pretty much everybody said I will never unite they do unite And that things change so fast. I mean, remember how successful McCain was until he picked Sarah Palin and then boom. So things change really fast in elections, too. So I'm not prepared to say, you know, anything for sure that can happen in November. It's only March right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think I'm trying to be like a little more tempered. I'm trying not to disparage other candidates from my party because they could end up being the the people that I'm backing. Well, and when
0: you're doing that, you're setting a really good example for kids. And I think we need to remember that kids are taking our cues just as much as they're listening to what we're saying. Mm -hmm. They're watching how we act. And I think, you know, if anything, we need to remember that we've got little people that are keeping an eye on us and they're learning from how we are and what we're saying. They really
1: are. And, you know, the final thing you can tell your kids is just walk away. Like I think that's just the best thing at the end. If you can't come to agreement, just say let's just not talk about this, and then bond over something, anything besides politics. Pokemon, Minecraft. Yeah, last thing I wanted won- yeah, <laughs> like ten year olds like beating each other up over politics. I mean, good lord, they've. Another eight years till they have to start doing that. All right. Well, we would love to know what you guys think. We
0: really would, right? We're not even just lying. No, no, if you guys I really disagree do. or agree or you have thoughts about this, we'd love to hear from you. You can tweet us at Cool Mom use the hashtag Spawn Show. You can catch us on Facebook or drop us an email. We would absolutely welcome your thoughts on this very challenging topic. Our email is spawned at com.
1: We'll be back with our Cool Picks of the Week right after this. So we're welcoming The Terrible Two Get Worse back as our sponsor, Liz. I'm so glad. And you know what? We've been talking about them so much. I actually had two different people this week ask me, what's that book that you guys have been talking about? Because they want to get it for their kids. All right. Well, I'm going to tell everyone about it. It's published by
0: Amulet Books. And the series has turned the world upside down and is perfect for fans of The Diary of a Wimpy Kid series. Which is
1: like all kids everywhere, pretty much. Yeah, I think so. So no wonder this book is. Spent 10 weeks on the bestseller
0: list. The authors are longtime friends and certified pranksters, Mac Barnett and Jory John, and they're bent on prankster domination in this new installment.
1: Well, I would think that, you know, they would get close to achieving it by now. (laughs) Or maybe not. Maybe we can look for a sequel after this one. (laughs)
0: In The Terrible Two Get Worse, pranksters Miles and Niles are pretty devious. But their powers will be tested when their favorite nemesis, Principal Barkin, is replaced by his stern and cunning father, the former Principal Barkin. What are the chances? (laughs) They're both named Principal Barkin. So anyway, check out this great book that shows kids how they can work with grown-ups to solve problems. A great message. All right, well,
1: now it's time for... Cool Pics of the Week! Cool picks of the Week. Liz, I think we're themed today. I know. We kind of are. Well, I thought, you know, this is kind of such a serious topic. I didn't want to be like, jewelry. (laughs) Underpants. Jewelry can be very serious in my world, though. Let me just say that for the record. All right. So what did you pick? Here's what I want to recommend, because I think a lot of parents are looking for resources also, especially in an election year. Like, how do you talk to your kids? How do you how do you? you know, convey these issues. God, do you know what it was like trying to explain the electoral college to my eight-year-old I don't even <laughs> want to know. My son was asking me what square factors were this morning and I was like, I Google. I oh, if everything, exactly. I'm just like, a Google. Well, one better than Google, I would say, is BrainPop. Oh, I love BrainPop. We Pop. love BrainPop. I actually discovered them through Cool Mom Picks and As they're did fabulous. I. So BrainPop.com, it's a terrific site for kids. Um, it's got movies, quizzes, games, Readings, activities and the the subjects are so vast. Like you can find videos and they're cartoony, but they're really smart. They don't talk down to kids about everything from like malala to cyberbullying, the solar system, the electoral college. I've used it for everything. Talking about nine
0: eleven, especially the hard topics. I think it's a great resource to go to. It is,
1: it's really good. So um you need a subscription to it. It's ninety-nine dollars a year for Brain Pop Junior, which is tailored to kids like K through three. And I think it's a little more, like one fifteen a year for BrainPop. So I know that's a lot. However, I didn't even know this. My school has a subscription. Yeah, I think ours does, tons too. tons of schools have a subscription because it's only like, I don't know, it's a 1000 bucks for the whole school or right, something. Right, right, right. So check with your school. And you would be surprised, maybe, that the teacher actually has a code that your kids can use. And your kids may be already even using it at library or during computer time in the school. And it's worth mentioning they do have free videos They do. Every they day have free videos. And
0: activities. So it's worth checking out.
1: But, so. um, but I think it's... Just a phenomenal, like, I think that I could spend that much money in just getting five books for my kids that they'll tear, tear through. And this is like a whole year's worth of like Common Core aligned curriculum that kids are actually interested in. It's fun, it's funny, it's smart, it doesn't talk down to them. And so, um, for all your hard parenting questions that you can't answer <laughs> yourself because it's been a really long time since you've had to learn how to determine the difference between sine, cosine, and tangent, or. Oh, my
0: God. You just
1: I don't even know what you just said. Understanding the key players in the Revolutionary <laughs> War. Brainpop.com. All right. So my cool pick of yeah, the week is, is political
0: it? as well. I have to share that Rye Baby Let's Be Friends onesie. Aww,
1: it's so great. I love that. So
0: we'll link it up. But we love the guys over at Rye Baby because they are indeed very rye. They're very they funny. They really some of the funniest baby gifts out there. And this one I love because it's five states... Holding hands on a purple onesie. <laughs> right? Remember, red uh-huh. and blue make purple. Okay, got it. <laughs> and, and, it and it says, let's be friends. And it just says, let's be friends. I really wish they had this in bigger sizes because I don't have a baby, but I would love to put it on, like me. <laughs> I would love to wear it. I
1: would, I, we should talk to him. Maybe he'll make an adult one for us.
0: Yeah, you never know. But if you know someone who's got a baby or you've got a baby and you want to make a little bit of a political statement without (laughs) them.
1: That's a great pick, especially for the divided households that we were talking about. If you and your partner veer different ways, get the baby a let's be friends onesie with like Texas, California, New York, Illinois, like all the states holding hands. It's awesome.
0: That's a great pick. I'm glad you picked that. Well, thanks for joining us for
1: another episode of Spawned. Huge thanks to our producer, Kristen Meinzer, and to Laura Mair and Andy Bowers at Panoply. And make sure you subscribe to Spawned on iTunes or Stitcher and download that episode. Also,
0: keep the emails
1: coming. You guys are so awesome. Spawned at CoolMomPix.com. We love hearing from you. You are funny. We should have some of our readers on our show. Next time, baby. Thanks so much for listening to Spawn today. This is Liz. This is Kristen. Have a great day.